Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Artistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others out there to learn about Autism Stories. I've interviewed people here on Autism Stories that have no one following them on social media. And then I've had others that have had quite the following. Um, You know, regardless to me, it's about learning from people's experiences and getting their insights. However, when someone does have a big following, I am interested in learning more about how that, that came to be, learning about that process. So today's guest, Ariel Cullison, joins me to discuss growing her social media platform. We also talk about one of my favorite topics, vibrational states, as well as non-traditional forms of therapy that have been helpful to Ariel. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Ariel, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Feel honored. <laughs> Uh, well, I wanted to start off, where does your story in the autistic community sort of begin? Okay, so it began, you know, when I got diagnosed, but I was diagnosed, I guess, like an early adult. So I was diagnosed at 18. And at the time, it was not very common, especially for women to be diagnosed, you know, with autism. And I already kind of had a hard time growing up. And so... That was like a big transition for me going from being undiagnosed to getting diagnosed. So I kind of just stayed, you know, hidden for a few years. And then the craziest thing happened, you know, TikTok, I found TikTok and they were doing this like, you know, coming out trend kind of like during the COVID time. And here in Oklahoma, we were on quarantine. And so I thought, I'm just going to just do this coming out, but I'm going to do a coming out as autistic. And I would say that was roughly, I think, 2019. That's kind of when I just threw it out there. And I guess I'd be, that's probably when I became a part of the autistic community. Oftentimes when I think about things that we label as therapy are sometimes the least therapeutic things and things that we don't think about as therapy can be so helpful. So in regards to that, I understand that you consider dancing to Taylor Swift as your therapy. What do you get from Taylor Swift that you might not get from dancing to other music or musicians? That's very interesting. And that's just like, it's a very easy answer but also a very difficult one at the same time for me it's when i listen to her it's i guess i've always kind of i can relate to any of the songs that she writes and i very much enjoy that she writes her own music so she's either experienced something for herself or maybe a friend a family member maybe even just an acquaintance but they're all somewhat a story or an experience that she's kind of been through but i think about it like If I'm sad, I can listen to Taylor Swift and I'm just not sad. Whether it be a sad song, it's a happy song, it's an in-between song, 
you know, she just kind of just brings me out of this element and then makes me feel a little bit more grounded, kind of more secure with myself. And I don't know, there's just nothing better than just getting up and finding a song that you really like to just and just dancing with it. But I quote her a lot in all of my posts as well. So I find that she's she's really inspirational. So I think that would that would be it. I just and you know, I think there's a lot of other musical artists that are very great, but it's just the way that I can kind of find like redefine myself, find the balance, especially when I'm overstimulated and just come back together mm-hmm. with her music. Something that I find therapeutic is uh, TV shows and, and movies. And I read where uh, you said that it can feel isolating to be an autistic adult and you use TV and movies as a way to live vicariously through your characters. So what are some of these characters that you'd say that you really connect with? Okay, well, so growing up, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of friends and the TV show Friends was huge when I was growing up. So, you know, they were like my friends. <laughs> I would watch the show and like, okay, so we're we're going to the coffee shop and now we're going to go hang out in the big apartment, you know? And it's just, I actually even cut my hair once <laughs> as a, you know, the Jennifer Aniston, the Rachel haircut that was so popular like years and years <laughs> ago. But <laughs> yeah, I can't. and then it became a trend, which was kind of funny how it worked out. So I remember just watching it and telling my mom and my sister about it as the years went on and we just we discussed it as like I think that you know they were your friends that's you know I always wanted a group of friends that were just so close like that you know tell each other anything they can do anything together I remember when the show actually ended I actually I I cried but I also recorded it on my VHS tape (laughs) because then I then I felt like I kind of lost that group of friends and then the Gilmore Girls, I stumbled upon that and kind of lived through the mother and the daughter. I would say that although the daughter had quite a few friends, I kind of portrayed myself as her. You know, I was wanting to experience life the way she did, have the friends that she had, but her mom and her had a great relationship. They were very strong together. And I kind of had this idea that that was just how me and my mom were, you know, together. I think those are probably my two off the top of my head shows that I really, it, Friends is definitely the highest one. I would always just live through Friends. It's interesting hearing you talk about those shows because when, whenever I've been sad, like when a show ends, I always felt it was it was about the ensemble and the connection that I felt like the characters had. And as a result, I felt connected to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially if it had, you know, many seasons and it went on for so long and you kind of built, you felt like you just built this relationship, you know, with these characters on the screen. So it was, yeah, I watched the Friends reunion, so that was interesting too, but yeah. One of the most important things in my life is energy. It's just a huge conscious focus of my everyday life and from my understanding, in the past, you've used uh, certain activities to shift your energy from low vibration to high vibration. So can you talk a little bit about what low and high vibrations mean to you as it relates to energy, especially for those that might not be familiar with those concepts? 
So with a low vibration, I've kind of come to learn that if we're living in that state, then it's more we're living, you know, fear, anxiety based, and then kind of, you know, lacking motivation. So we're not allowing ourselves to grow and evolve, whereas we're just remaining stagnant. But we also don't know how to get out of this stagnant point that we just put ourselves in and we may not have necessarily put ourselves in the low vibration point something could have just happened and we got there i would say like especially for someone that's on the spectrum you know when you become overwhelmed overstimulated or you just kind of maybe had a burnout you're very quick to go into the low vibrational state i've learned that even if as hard as it is sometimes for me to journal my thoughts journaling them out is very, very beneficial to kind of find a way to get out of what they say they're rut. And then like in the high vibrational state, which is where we all want to be. But of course, you know, some days are better than others. We are emanating this sense of love and peace and compassion. And you're kind of growing a higher like personal power, but you're also being able to just be yourself, be your true authentic self and allowing others to see you for the confident person that you are. Also, journaling does help you stay in the higher vibrational state. Like starting with every morning, start with a gratitude journal. I say every morning. Sometimes I get a little off on my gratitude journals, but I started to, once I learned the, the importance of writing down one to three things that I'm grateful for every day that'll actually raise your vibrational state. I'd love to start a gratitude journal. It's just, I think it's the executive functioning of it all, the initiating that into my schedule. Yeah, (laughs) because routines are very important, I would say, for us, but then trying to add something or remove something from routine, that's that's difficult. (laughs) Absolutely. So one thing I do to raise my vibration is every every morning that I meditate. And, you know, I saw on your social media profile where you talked about you approach everything as a meditation. So tell me a little bit about this philosophy is approaching everything okay. as a meditation. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind was I was doing this uh, unconventional fitness. It's called the Still Mace. And I don't train other people on it quite as often anymore so I had to really just focus for myself but it's an off-weighted tool so there's weight at one end and the rest of it's just very hollowed out and so I the more I was practicing with the steel mace the more I learned this is like a meditative practice you know like when people do like you said you meditate in the morning or people do yoga and I think there's probably something else similar to yoga but the more that I trained with the steel mace I thought okay I'm becoming one with my body and I'm releasing any kind of emotions that need to kind of just, they just need to come out. So whether they're just staying inside, I'm allowing them to just flow through me and then process out. And then from there, I kind of thought, well, I enjoy cleaning. I don't, a lot of people probably don't, but I I thoroughly enjoy cleaning. We get a little messy here and there, but so if I enjoy cleaning, I can approach cleaning as a meditation, right? Because it's the same thing. I'm becoming one with my body. I'm allowing these emotions to move and flow throughout me. Journaling is the same thing. I kind of enjoy journaling. Actually, I just thought of another one. I love to ride my bike when it's warm enough outside. We go through these weird fluctuations of weather. 
but when it's warm, I love riding the bike. And to me, that would be another form of meditation. To say I'm connecting with my body, I'm connecting with nature, I'm allowing things to just kind of just release throughout me. I could probably just keep rambling on about that, but anything that you'd enjoy that could make you feel better or feel better afterwards, I would say that's how you approach it as a meditation. So it's just about finding something that makes you feel better and... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whether it could be reading a book too, you know, anything. Hmm. Something that's maybe something that more so stimulates your mind. Like I wouldn't, I don't necessarily wouldn't say watching TV could be approached as a meditation, but I mean, who's it could, you know, but. <laughs> now on your social media, um, I saw you talk about where you set weekly intentions and they, and they kind of give you purpose, I guess, throughout your week. What are kind of the things that you typically will set as weekly intentions? Okay. So for myself, my weekly intentions would more so be like a to-do list. So it's kind of like the whole like staying on routine. Cause it's also, I feel like we being on this platform, it's very easy for us to maintain routine. But if we just have one minor fluke or one day that we're off, it's probably very difficult to get back on. So minors is really just Monday. This is my to-do list for Monday. And then so on for Tuesday. Recently, I learned that you never should be lazy on a Monday because it sets the tone for the rest of the week. Actually, I never really thought about that. So that was interesting when I read that. But also, sometimes my intentions would be like, if maybe the, you know, the previous week, even if it was just a few days in the week or however long it was, if I felt discouraged or lacking motivation, I'd say, then I want to I like write it and speak it into the existence and say that for the next week, I want to be secure and confident. So I'm going to make sure that I do A, B, or C that helps me stay in that mindset. Following you on social media, you've amassed quite an impressive following. <laughs> Last time I looked, you had over, I think, 83,000 followers on Instagram. What are some things you do on social media that's, that have attracted others, you think, to pay attention to you? This is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at my following just like maybe yesterday, I think, when I posted a reel, and I just was just in shock. <laughs> I've had Instagram for quite a while, and really, I think what made it skyrocket was posting more about being autistic, but... I want to say, because, you know, everyone, anyone that's on the spectrum can post about it. Uh, people that aren't on the spectrum, but they know someone that they can post about it. But in my opinion, I would say I'm posting about my own personal experiences, things that have happened to me, things that were said to me, anything that I've gone through, how either, well, I guess I had, I had to overcome it one way or another. So sharing that feedback of that, people seem to give a lot of positive feedback on it as in um i guess someone say i got a lot of comments and messages about breaking the stereotype from the things that i post and so that's kind of what i was going for of hey yes i'm autistic hey yes i can also do these things you know like we can have a job we could go to school or maybe i don't have a job we could live by ourselves we could have a roommate we could have a relationship 
you know, I can go have coffee if I want to. I can take myself to the doctor. I think that's really been the biggest target on my Instagram lately is sharing what I've been able to do and the things that I can do while also being on the spectrum. Now, my personal and business um, social media accounts are nowhere near 83,000. But I do wonder about you and others that have amassed a following. One, I think it's impressive. But two, I wonder about, like, I don't like attention at all, and especially negative attention. So I'm assuming as, you know, as a result of having that many followers, sometimes you'll get messages like that or, you know, like, like, how do you deal with that, especially in terms of it not lowering your vibration? I think I'm way too sensitive for, like, even I get mm-hmm. one negative message, you know, it takes me a while to process and come back from that. Well, now, uh, you know, it, like where I'm at at this day and time, handling it now is very different than what I used to. Like, I, I want to say that I've gotten a lot of negative feedback or been bullied, you know, my whole life and this whole story, but... I mean, that is true. I've been that person that's just been, quote unquote, just kicked around all the time. But I do, it's weird. I receive a lot of great and uplifting and positive comments and that I'm helping someone that they know or I'm helping themselves. And then I get a lot of hateful comments. And I mean, just hateful. And I like to be that person that even though I have a large following, I still want to comment back to you. I still want to like your comment or be able to respond to you but sometimes that's overwhelming for myself but then i learned that if i get into the comment section i'm also setting myself up to read the negative comments which i kind of (laughs) did and so i find a way to just just bypass it or i might read their negative comment and then i want to see you know what their instagram like but i kind of sit in the moment for a minute about it's really making me feel really down. I don't ever get into the mindset of, oh, I think that they're right or I got to prove they're wrong. You know, it just, it hurts my feelings. I think it's always going to hurt my feelings, but I have this little picture frame like right in front of me and it says affirmations and Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> and so anytime, <laughs> yeah, anytime something like that kind of comes about, I'll just, if I'm not in my room, I'll come up here really fast. I'll just kind of look at it, just read a couple of the lyrics I'm like, okay, you're right. And as crazy as it is, I always think, what would Taylor Swift do? She just, just let it roll. I'm, yeah, she's, yeah, she's a huge inspiration to me. So I kind of think about that. Like, you can let it hurt your feelings for a moment, feel the emotion, but then that emotion also has to just pass right through you. Like, I can't, you can't dwell on it anymore. It's full circle. We come, we come back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you find her so therapeutic? Well, <laughs> and you know, you know, beyond this interview, how can people learn more about you? Well, I'm going to put it out there. Like I, I like to speak things into existence. I am writing a book. I am not currently writing a book, but I am going to. <laughs> so you can learn all about it when it does come out. But Aside from Instagram, on my TikTok or my YouTube channel, I kind of post just a little bit of my everyday on YouTube or I go live on there. I think that would, that's kind of really, I, I really just put myself out there on all of the social media. So you can really just find, you can learn all about me more so on my Instagram, most definitely on Instagram. 
next would be my YouTube channel, and then probably TikTok after that. Eventually, my book. <laughs> well, I, I will look forward to that book. So thanks so much uh, for joining me today, Ariel. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Ariel for the conversation. To learn more about Ariel, check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. At Autism Personal Coach, we provide customized coaching for autistics. All of our coaches are either autistic or autistic selected for their commitment to trauma-informed and neurodiversity-affirming strategies. Our coaches deeply understand burnout, sensory needs, executive functioning, and the importance of special interests. If you're interested in learning more about our coaching, please visit autismpersonalcoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories. And if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it, so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.